This program is presented by the MCTV Network, a service of the City of Midland, Michigan. This presentation coincides with programming on Midland Government Television, covering government affairs in the City of Midland. The following presentation of the Midland City Planning Commission will begin in a moment. The Midland City Planning Commission is responsible for overseeing the city's master plan, conducting public hearings, and offering recommendations to the City Council on a wide range of local land use issues. The Planning Commission consists of nine Midland residents who are appointed by the City Council. Planning Commission meets two Tuesdays per month at 7 p.m. in Council Chambers at City Hall. This presentation is provided by the MCTV Network, a service of the City of Midland. Replays of this meeting can be found on MGTV Channel 188 on Charter Spectrum, through Channel 99 on AT&T UVerse, or on demand at www.cityofmidlandmi.gov. Select meetings are available on MCTV Network's Government Affairs Podcast Channel. Good evening and welcome to the regular meeting of the Midland City Planning Commission for July 9th, 2019. This meeting is now called to order. Please rise for the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge, pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Mic'd up, and we'll start with the roll call. Bain. Here. Hannah. Here. Kohlinger. Here. Hein. Here. Mayville. Here. Roderick. Here. Rogers. Here. And Seibel. Here. All right. Very good. Um, I did call the meeting uh, to order this evening, um, being that we need to elect new officers. It's the start of our new fiscal year and um, also the start of our new terms. Uh, we do have two new members to the Planning Commission that we'd like to welcome, Mr. Ted Seibel and um, Jamie Broderick. Welcome, and we'll talk a little bit more about, or if you want to share a little bit more details later on in the agenda. Um, but for the time being, we do have the election of officers. We have two office positions with this body. We have the chairman and then a vice chairman. Um, those um, uh, roles are held for a one-year term, and they can be held for two uh, consecutive one-year terms at most, and then the term limit kicks in before we then uh, pass the baton on to someone else. Uh, Mr. Hein, you were kind enough to um, chair the last two years um, for the body and, and during this time we also had uh, Mr. Mayville who was our vice chair at that time over the last two years. But we did have a nomination committee that did form uh, during, uh, between the last meeting and uh, this evening and so now I will call for a nomination for chairman. Um, I move that uh, Greg Mayville be chairman. Okay, we have a motion for Mr. Mayville for chairman. Do we have support? I'll support. Second. We have two supports. Very good. All right. All those in favor, signify by saying aye. Aye. Anyone opposed? Very good. All right, Mr. Mayville, I will hand you the gavel and let you take on from here. We do need um, nominations for vice chair, though. Okay. So, again, election of officers, nomination uh, for vice chair. Again, we had the advisory committee. Is there a nomination for vice chair? I nominate Gail Hanna. 
Okay, we have Gail Hanna in a second nomination, nomination, and we have a second. Okay, any other? That's it. Okay. So all those in favor of Gail Hanna as vice chair, please signify by saying aye. 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 Any opposed? None opposed. Thank you. Welcome, Gail. As vice chair, we'll move on now to agenda item number five. Uh, we have uh, two meetings uh, to approve for approval of the minutes. We have the regular meeting of June 11, 2019, and a special meeting of June 26 from 2019. Uh, I think we could just take both those together. Are there any uh, changes uh, from reading of the minutes that were sent out last week? Anybody have any changes? Well, Mr. Chair, I move we approve the minutes for both the regular and special meetings. Okay, we have an approval. Any second? I second the motion. Okay, we have a second. Okay, uh, all those in favor approving both of those uh, minutes say aye. 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 Any opposed? No, nope, that motion carries. Okay, both uh, meetings, June 11th, 26th, are approved the meeting minutes. Okay, on item six, there are no public hearings tonight, unless something was added at the last second, which we cannot do. No, no. Okay. <laughs> uh, any old business? Old business. We do not. Do not, okay. Uh, we have a few people in the audience. Any public comments unrelated to the agenda? Nothing on that. Okay, moving along, agenda item number nine, new business. We have one item, and that's the redevelopment ready uh, communities. And I understand, Grant, you're going to kind of kick it off, and then Nicole is going to go over some. That is correct. So it's been a number of months, um, possibly even upwards of a year, since the last time we've taken up anything related to the redevelopment ready communities program. But just for a bit of background, this is a program that the city's actually been engaged with um, since 2014. Uh, we began formal engagement with the Michigan Economic Development Corporation as part of this program. Uh, the MEDC puts on this program across the state and encourages uh, municipalities to align themselves to best practices when it comes to um, development and redevelopment uh, procedures, not only internally but also externally. And so one of the external processes that they want to make sure cities have in order to be certified as a redevelopment-ready community program um, or uh, community is a public participation plan. And so what you have in front of you this evening and what I'll um, pass over to Nicole to talk through in a little bit of detail is um, the uh, citizen's guide to engaging with the city um, through public participation. So one thing I do want to uh, preface this with is um, a number of months ago, I think it's actually been two years ago, the, this body did um, review a, a, a public participation plan at that time. I believe it was 17 pages in total. And since then, uh, the MEDC has encouraged uh, municipalities to really become a little bit more brief with these so that they're very easy to understand for anyone in the public that wants to pick them up and read them and be able to get information rather quickly. So um, that's really what I, I have to say. Uh, the other thing I guess maybe I'd add on this is because we've been engaged with the RRC program for a number of years. We've slowly been uh, chipping away at the list of best practices that we need to still do. Um, as you all may recall, we've been rather busy the last few months with developments and things that have taken staff's attention. But now that we have a little bit more time, we're able to dedicate that back to this program. And so um, hopefully in the next couple of months, we'll be able to finish that out and um, finish up with certification is, is our goal. So. Um, so we're very close, um, but we're not quite there yet. And this is a, a big part of getting us to that, that piece. Are we going to be participating in any of the 
development of that or, or making suggestions or are you bringing that to us to let us know what's going on? Or? The, um, when it comes to the public participation plan? Mm -hmm. That's what tonight's all about. So we'll have Nicole actually, okay. I'll, I'll toss it over to her to give a presentation and then just like we do with other items, we'll allow for discussion and any type of feedback. Um, this is a draft plan at the moment. It's something that staff's prepared, but we um, certainly welcome any type of feedback that all of you have, um, having been able to review it um, from the, okay. the report. All right. Okay. Nicole? As uh, Grant mentioned, obviously this is a draft plan, and um, in order to kind of put this together, we took a look at what the MEDC provides as guidance uh, in terms of best practices, and then um, they also provide us with kind of a, a resource library of other communities and what they're doing related to each best practice. And so this happens to be kind of um, a mix of what we had, all 17 pages, and um, taking some of the uh, innovative pieces and parts of other plans and kind of meshing them all together. If there's something you'd like to see reflected here, I'm ready to grab your notes as well. But um, just to kind of review very quickly, um, you know, as Grant mentioned, this really was an update to the previously approved public participation plan. And my goals in putting this together was really to be brief. Um, obviously, and to create something that was more user-focused. And so as citizens are looking at this, they understand the types of comments that um, help us uh, in reviewing a proposal. So things that, um, and you see this called out in here, we talk about you know, things that might be related to the zoning ordinance and, and the code and things like that, that can sometimes be confusing, but for us are very helpful in that evaluation because they're rooted in our ordinances. Um, separate from that, um, the goal was to provide different platforms and mechanisms to increase the amount of feedback that we receive. Um, you see a little bit of an update here to include social platforms. We don't, um, we haven't had that in a previous plan. Um, that's something that is being used quite extensively in other communities um, with some guidelines around that. And so that's probably an area we need to work on a little bit. Um, what sorts of feedback are they messages? Are they just comments? Those kinds of things when dealing with social platforms. Um, third, um, to really call out the process and to help the public to understand where the feedback goes when it comes to us. Um, if I were to, you know, um, call out the elephant, right? We hear quite a bit that, um, well, I, I don't bother to send my comments because they don't go anywhere. And so I think it's very helpful for everyone to understand this is where your comments go and this is how they inform the development process and help you all to make the decisions that you need to make. And then lastly, um, really to help citizens understand a sometimes complex process. I know um, in reviewing a development proposal, sometimes it's quite easy to get lost in um, where we are in the process um, in terms of where does it go from staff, does it go directly to city council, does it go to planning commission. So this kind of helped to demystify, if you will, that process a little bit. So. Um, just to kind of go through the different sections and call out a couple of different things. Obviously the introduction kind of talks directly about what that process looks like and how citizens can be involved in providing that feedback. Um, talks about the rules and ordinances that we're all governed by in reviewing a development in terms of state laws, city ordinances, and the bylaws of this body here. And um, where or when is most appropriate for those the opportunities for public feedback. Um, also kind of calling out how we make notifications about different developments and for those of you who are brand new and might not know, um, we do send out um, 
notifications of public hearings at least 15 days in advance to um, addresses within 300 feet of the projects that come before you. Uh, moving on to effective communication strategies, just calling out a couple of things there. I mentioned this earlier, but explaining why you might be for or against a project, either it meets the ordinances and hits all of those buttons, or they might be deficient in a certain area, and we've certainly seen those as well. Um, and so helping the citizens to really understand what constructive feedback can help us or help you all to make the decisions that you need to make. And then, of course, while we all have our own biases, reminding everyone to kind of come with an open mind and to really take the time to listen and understand the goals of whatever project is before you um, and be open to alternate perspectives. I think it's nice to always have a reminder um, for, for folks and for us as well. Um, and then public participation goals, obviously we've talked about, um, we wanna maintain simple methods to provide that feedback, to encourage as much communication as possible. Um, we certainly commit to reviewing the effectiveness of each of those tools and platforms that we use. Um, I know that in our East City Hall platform that we have here, um, that effectiveness is reviewed by the, the community outreach team and, and understanding what kind of feedback we're getting there. And um, so reviewing those is important as well, making sure that we are using the right platforms so that folks can get their comments to us. And then obviously timely and transparent communication to all of you, all of those things are important to us as well. And then just very quickly, some of the ways that we do engage and do accept feedback. Um, surveys like eCity Hall, occasionally they are mailed or emailed. There are copies sometimes of surveys here um, at different city facilities. Um, and then public comment, obviously on all of our agendas, there is room for public comment um, related to developments as well as just an open spot on the agenda for public comment. One-on-one um, -on -one interviews, occasionally there is a a situation where there might be a subject matter expert or something like that, or if there is um, a particular concern that's brought to our attention, occasionally those folks will come into the office and we have the opportunity to talk with them one-on-one. -on -one. Um, focus groups and workshops and steering committees, we've used all of those when you might recall back at the Midtown design workshop that we did, perfect example of that. And then I called out earlier that social network. And right now the primary means of um, obtaining that feedback at, um, across kind of city projects is Facebook. Just happens to be, I don't know that it will maintain that way, who knows what the future holds. So it gives us a little bit of flexibility there. Um, and then again, just talking about where those public comments end up. Obviously, if it's related to a development, ends up here, um, and then on to city council. So with that, any questions, feedback, suggestions, anything? Um, I have concern about it reaching more of the citizens. The ones that are already involved are gonna get this. Sure. But those that are not yet involved, how do we reach out to them? Do we have a letter that goes out to people? Do we have, and I think this might work even better, is uh, a one or two page um, outline of that and put it down where you pay your taxes or where you vote? And maybe at the, when we have an election again, maybe at the voting centers, so that everyone would have a chance to, to have access to that without um, the cost of mailing, <laughs> which I know gets pretty high. Sure. And um, perhaps um, you and uh, your boss here could maybe be on the TV once in a while with that idea too. 
it might get the word spread a little bit more. Sure, and, and when you say kind of information that you want us to transmit, it's simply just avenues in which they can comment to yeah. us, ways that they know right. that they can get their, their information right. in. Right, right, and that they're mm -hmm. then we want to hear their comments. Right. You know, not that just because it's there, well, they say they wouldn't look at it anyway. No, we want to hear it. Mm -hmm. We want to hear it. Correct. Okay? Yeah, uh, this is uh, a lot shorter than the last one. Uh, <laughs> nice and concise. I, I like what Gail was uh, talking about, getting this out there uh, further. Should we have included in this uh, emails, um, city email or website address, things like that? So if people have their hands on this, there's at least that information uh, there as well. Uh, I don't know if you want people's uh, emails on because those could change but at least the city website uh, maybe at the end of the document we could put a little yeah. spot that says mm -hmm. um, for general information go to cityofmidlandmi.gov and mm -hmm. sign up for the email yeah um, I'm, I'm thinking at like letterhead type stuff too where it had the address mm -hmm. okay uh, phone number general city hall phone number sure and sure website uh, for looking up further information also the address people may not know the address of the place here that are yeah. especially new in town mm -hmm. and I like the idea Gail said have this available especially at these meetings as well mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. you know at least to uh, start out over the next year uh, and then I was looking at uh, what a citizen sent in with some um, other cities as far as benchmarking uh -huh. uh, and they had something in there that we always talk about they had rules of decorum uh, <laughs> did we want to have any of that here because a lot of times we have to remind people on the blue mat don't speak to the audience that sort of thing do we want that in here right. or not well so i think uh, a way um, we've thought about that um, at the staff level would be um, the information that's at the beginning of the agenda or right under the public hearing that talks about the process and who speaks at what times during the public hearing um, we've felt that it might be necessary to actually project that up onto the screen and then in addition to that um, have a part that talks about um, just reminds people to stand on the blue mat talk yeah, to the board speak here. Um, that would be good comments. to have mm -hmm. I like that mm -hmm. that's a good idea I would also say I don't think this is catching our words you have a very soft voice and many times I really am struggling to hear what exactly she's saying because it's not coming across on those uh, mics I don't think they're strong enough for the people that are talking there and especially with the older population folks sorry about that but <laughs> It is a little harder to hear. Sure, and that's something we can pass along to our mm -hmm. um, IS department uh, that handles the technology in here, um, and and also verified too with MCTV um, since they record all these meetings. Mm -hmm. Ensure that um, the presentations and um, everyone that speaks is okay. being picked up. Mm -hmm. Okay, Mr. Chair. Yes, Andrew. Um, so going back to the. Um, your comments about having some additional information at the end. Um, uh, I think it might also be useful. Again, I don't want to, I, I think what's there, the two pages, is perfect. Um, if we're going to be adding things, my first suggestion would be to maybe have them be an appendix so that it's something that can be separated out. Because, um, I, again, I, I like that it's down to two pages. I don't want to overwhelm people with the time information. Um, the other suggestion I, I have would be that along with providing details about who to contact, the website, et cetera, um, 
we reference things like the city ordinance, the master plan, those type of things in here. Um, at least pointing people if they want to dig deeper where those are at specifically on the city website. Um, or at least just that, hey, they're available even if you want to walk in and get a physical copy. Um, that might just provide the people who want to take that next step an immediate kind of, you know, I, okay, now I know where I can go dig in and actually reference some of these things that they're talking about in order to keep myself more informed. Again, I don't want that to distract from the core of what the two pages already does, but if somebody wants to take that next step, I just want to make sure we don't, if we can, we, don't, we provide an opportunity for them to take that almost immediately. Yeah, you could just say something like, interested in a deep dive? Here it is, appendix or whatever. Because that's the beauty about, especially if we're going to be doing stuff, if there's more stuff being done on social media and if something like this is going to be posted online, I, I don't know how many people will actually look at this online, but if they do, you know, having those links embedded within the PDF, you're, if you're already sitting at your computer or on your phone and can immediately click through, um, mm -hmm. I just think that that could, I think that could work really, really, really well. Especially, because that was be my other question too, is I, I don't know, as a part of the redevelopment ready plan, uh, kind of the other side of distribution, which is um, not just getting more people to be involved, but um, getting something like this out. So it's simple things of, do you have it, you know, sitting up there next to the agenda when people come in? I just didn't know what mechanisms, if any, the MEDC had as a part of redevelopment ready already in place. <laughs> sure, there isn't guidance um, in the best practices and how to distribute, but it does talk about, um, specifically making it available on the website. I think okay. that's the only suggestion that we're given, but okay. these are all fantastic. Appreciate it. Other comments, suggestions? Yeah, on, on those, Grant, you probably know more than anybody else, but uh, on YouTube and some of these other social media channels, there's a, you know, Midland Minute or what's new in Midland Correct. kind of things. Do those right. get looked at or not I, so I don't much? know the viewership rates for some of this, the videos, but we have started to do um, uh, short videos that are called What's Up in the City. Yeah. And um, there's city council versions that our communications director um, or community affairs director, Selena Tisdale, does. And then I've actually started starring in uh, planning <laughs> commission ones recently um, where we've talked about different um, important subjects. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so I think um, that's something that MCTV's provided the technical um, uh, photography and videography on. And so I know there we're open to suggestions on how we could do those a little bit better. Um, some things that we've done in the winter months, we did all of those in this um, chamber here, but actually the last one we did out mm -hmm. on site at the uh, Jennifer Nash um, office location out at Wackerly and Shade West. So I think getting out to the site after the fact, um, a lot of times they'll take place kind of in that step period between recommendation here before council takes their final action. And so um, that I think is, is helpful as well. So, um, But we do those um, and have those scheduled to take place um, after every planning commission meeting. Yeah, and the city sends out an email, I think it's every Friday. Yes. I get something like Correct. that. Maybe it could have a mention in there as well. Yes, as I know that that's um, a listing of the press releases that had gone out during the week. And so yeah. um, so that's, I think, um, I think there might be an email blast related to what's up in the city that's a little bit separate, but there could be opportunity to merge or at least have a link someplace on that page that links those. Okay, but great content in here. Other comments? Suggestions. Okay, you have enough, Nicole? Sure do. All right. <laughs> Thank you. Great. Uh, let's move on then. Uh, 
Item number 10 on the agenda, communications. We had some special meeting communications from the uh, June 26th meeting. We have a packet in front of us that's uh, copies of handwritten notes that people handed in, I believe, that night. And then also we had an email uh, with information uh, from that special meeting on the walkabout we did on um, Indian and Buttles that was sent to us as well. I believe that was sent last week. That's correct. We um, included um, communication that we had received via email, um, although I do have to admit we did make a staff error. We had hoped to get these written comments out to you in your agenda packet, um, but we do have them for um, hard copies this evening. So what you do have, um, these copies of are all of the notes that we received from individuals that did participate in that walk, um, in addition to the digital correspondence that we've received since that walk took place. Okay, uh, what are the, uh, I have a question on this, what are the plans uh, for follow-up from that walk on Indian and Buttles and what is it that the City Council is expecting from us? Uh, I've been wondering that. Sure, so sure. I asked tonight. No, and I'm glad you, you brought that up because uh, it's, it's a, a bit complex, I kind of, I think, where we go from here. So a couple of things, if I can kind of reflect back on our special meeting. Um, the amount of public that we had participate, I think, was... Um, exceeded those that we thought would be interested and so it was great to have um, almost 25 people that came and um, do the walkabout with us so um, that was wonderful and I think that what that signaled to us is that there's a desire in the community to do similar types of things and so um, staff is actually looking now to schedule two more of those walks with just the public where it would just be a staff-led um, similar type of um, presentation that would be done at the beginning and then um, invite people to go out into the corridor and walk through it and do observations like we did at that time. Um, one of the things we didn't offer and, and we're wanting to, to do, um, not this evening, but in a future date with um, likely a joint meeting with the DDA again, uh, would be to start to talk through some of the observations that were made during that meeting. Um, there really wasn't sort of a um, mm -hmm. digest um, type of period at the end, um, but we recognize that that's something that I think both bodies want to do, and so um, we're going to look at scheduling another meeting to be able to do that. The important thing, I think, uh, to recognize and what we continually try and um, pass along and out to the, com uh, the community at large is this is a trial that we're in at the moment. It's certainly not a final design. Um, what's there is, is not um, whatever was proposed to be the final look of the corridor, so having the orange bollards and the one lane closed. Um, this is simply just a trial period to collect data. And then what the future would look like if there were to be a two-lane road, um, all of that still needs to be determined through concept, which is something that the Planning Commission would do with the DDA. You develop the concept, um, um, inform the decision-making of the concept with the comments that we received like this, with things like truck traffic and turning radiuses and um, safety precautions and wider sidewalks and those types of things, that all of that information that we have here, that would feed into the conceptual phase. Uh, and then that conceptual phase obviously would then progress, if, if approved, would progress into an engineering phase where you would actually go through and you'd determine exact radiuses of corners and lengths of turning lanes and widths of sidewalk and all those very specific details would of course be another layer that's down. So at the moment, I, that we've, we're in a testing phase and then we need to start to progress into more of a conceptual design phase. And that is where um, City Council is asking Planning Commission and DDA to start to look at that together jointly to start to refine um, what that concept could look like um, before then having a final proposal to, to City Council. Okay, so we're supposed to look at how it could be done, not if it should be done. Correct. Correct. 
Okay. Mm -hmm. I think that's a simple way of, of putting it. The, the question of if, um, by and large, is, is rests at City Council and how um, and what it looks like. I mean, certainly they have a, a say in, in those pieces, but they've, they've offered, um, or not offered, but have um, encouraged this body in the DDA to participate in that. Okay, yeah, James. Well, my understanding is the road diet is kind of a joint effort between MDOT and you know the city okay. is MDOT going to give their summary or their findings or their measurements or some input into this as well or do we just I'm not interested in having them tell us what to do as much as okay. are they getting data D that might inform correct the data collection that MDOT's doing at the moment relates to traffic and level of service um, so there's the six objectives of the road diet, mm -hmm. um, and the, the six objectives came directly out of the study that was done between 2015 and 2017. And you're correct, that study was commissioned by MDOT, but they encouraged the city to participate very heavily in that, along with other stakeholders that were on a, a steering committee for that, which included downtown business owners, um, uh, the Business Alliance, others that use the corridor, not only da in downtown, but certainly from Washington all the way up to airport. So, um, through Discovery Square, what's formerly known as Discovery Square area. So, um, so all of that is, is something that, um, so, so MDOT, and, um, through the, the commissioning of the study, then um, the determination of that study was the possibility for the two-lane corridor to try and, uh, to get the other objectives that could be realized as part of that. And so um, their recommendation is really um, we should do the testing of it in order to get the data and then determine whether or not it's it's doable from a level of service But are they involved in the collecting of the they data? That's for, yes, so when you when you drive through the corridor on a number of occasions you may notice some technical trailers that mm -hmm. sit closer to City Hall here and then further down closer to Fairfield Inn. They've been camped out on a number of occasions doing data collection. Um, those devices are actually monitoring speed of traffic that goes through there. They're monitoring stacking of cars. Um, and all of that is what they use in, in addition to other observation um, to determine level mm -hmm. of service and um, the other metrics that they look at. Who monitors uh, accident statistics and things That's like that? That's a combination that. of MDOT as well as the city police department. Okay, so that data would be uh, available yes. as well as yes. comps and before. That's and correct. And the reports most recently, the last city council meeting in May, there was a report by MDOT that included um, levels of service measurements, but also traffic and, and uh, vehicle safety um, rates as well um, to date through the testing period. So if you do want to look through that information, it's all presented in a number of pages, but um, we could easily send that out to this um, yeah, commission. That, that if you would be helpful, that. Um, like the objectives and maybe a synopsis of where we've been and mm -hmm. the recent reports would be helpful to be proactive to send, I think, to this body mm -hmm. along with the DDA unless they have them already. Right, right. Because uh, we're kind of jumping in on this at this yeah. point. We have not really been right. involved uh, with this. So mm -hmm. I think some yeah. background information uh, for this group would be helpful. Sure. And Grant, Gail, I also a... wonder uh, how much the city councilmen are at actually contacting the people within their district and getting any, re re you know, comments or suggestions from their, the people that they're supposed to represent because I know there's nothing happening in our area 
and I'd be willing to bet that's pretty much true around the city. And they're the people that are going to be paying the taxes, they're the people that are going to be driving here. If we want to know what people really think about this and how it's affected them in any way, then we need to encourage that our councilmen get out there in their neighborhoods and talk to the people. Because that's not going on as far as I know. Well, and I, I do know that um, all of them on, on different occasions, and, and I can't give you specifics on, on ones that they've done, but I know um, in conversations I've been in, and, and certainly their um, comments back to staff is that they have heard lots of different commentary from uh, members of the public, and I know that that, that varies from conversations at the grocery store to yeah, um, exactly, social media. Exactly, but no, pro, no programmed idea of let's meet, meet the people in this area that might be affected or what you think about when you go downtown. I, you know, okay, I, see, so I think they need to have that. You're thinking more of a, a structured yes, kind of absolutely. chat or something absolutely. like that. Okay. okay, no, and I think um, that's certainly something that, that staff is envisioning, a uh, benefit of doing two more of those walkabouts would be um, providing that opportunity for members of the public too, but I think um, you're describing something for, for individual city mm -hmm. council members. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's for the council and public engagement, how they might want to do that. Mm -hmm. Right. Grant, I thought I heard a comment at the walkabout, though, that uh, the council was discouraged from participating in the walkabout because of some sort of conflict or not wanting to appear to uh, step on what we're doing or something, or is it that just a rumor? Or well, I, I, I wouldn't say that's a rumor. I think um, it's it's always been um, the practice of the city to have um, it be more proper for this body to be able to act independently. Um, okay. Members of council, by establishing a body like this, is effectively um, giving all, all of you the authority to do the collection, the public input, and be able to provide your own um, informed decision and recommendation to them. And so I think um, okay. there's always been a history of where we've wanted to keep the bodies So they separate, don't want to so undermine that, uh, that might be correct. seen they as want, undermining they, us. They want okay. you to be in your lane and be able to um, do the job that they've tasked you with and then ultimately send them the information that you collect and then have them render their decision at that time. So does that make sense? Yeah, okay. very good. Okay, mm -hmm. great, that was very helpful. Uh, when is this gonna kick off? So our goal is to, um, a couple of things that we have coming ahead, um, either at the last meeting in, of council in July or the first in, in August, we're looking to bring back more information from staff to city council. Um, related to frequently asked questions that we've been receiving um, over a number of months. We're going to be providing um, answers to a lot of that information. We'll also talk a little bit about the kind of the communication strategy that staff's pulled together, um, utilizing a lot of the tools that we even talked about in the public participation plan, um, including those two other opportunities that we'll want to do for people to do the walkabout. So that's something that's coming up. Okay. Um, those walkabouts we're hoping to schedule in the latter parts of this month in early August. Um, we want to do two of them, um, likely a, a Tuesday night and then a Wednesday night. Um, middle of the week we think is probably going to be best for everyone and then doing them um, in the evening hours is um, common for us to do meetings like this because of people being able to attend um, a little bit more regularly that, um, that evening or, or that time period. So um, that's at the moment what we're looking to do and then of course scheduling a DDA meeting we'll have to um, get with them and so you'll likely see a doodle poll come out from uh, Rachel in our office um, asking about your availability for another special meeting with the DDA so that I don't know when that would be just yet um, but um, a lot of that is going to be dependent upon the results of the information we take to council in the latter parts of this month or early August. 
Okay, great. Is there an end date in mind? Sorry for all these questions. <laughs> right. But I'm just, is there right. an end date when they would like something from us just at, so at, we kind of know where we're going and yes, when? Yes, at the moment there is not. No, and, and um, one thing I would say is that the trial, the initial trial was scheduled for, um, for three years um, to do data testing. And so we started back in, I believe, May of 2018. And so that would carry us all the way into May of 2021 if we stick with that, that three-year um, prescription. A um, couple of things that are going to influence that. Um, MDOT has asked that there be a time frame after uh, the finalizing of the M20 bridge construction, since that, of course, is causing different traffic patterns coming into town and leaving town. Mm -hmm. um, it's actually common that we hear folks say they don't like the road diet because it delays them coming into town and delays them as they leave town. And um, part of that we think might actually be the M20 bridge as opposed to the road diet itself. So having a period of time that's adequate to get good testing um, once that project is completed is certainly something that MDOT wants. So, um, okay. so it could be a little bit sooner than that. We don't know at the moment, but um, ultimately having the testing finalized and then getting through the conceptual um, design process, um, all of that I think we'll want to be very intentional about that process to know that there's enough public input, that opportunities that take place and certainly not rush all of that. Mm -hmm. So. I know that's a long way of saying no. We don't have a, a specific <laughs> okay. time no. frame just yet. I'm, but, I'm just wondering um, how how much how fast thinking. we're going to push on this. I don't think and what I, we're going to do. And it's a great idea to you know take into account the M20 bridge because I've taken to going out Waldo to Gordonville now. Okay. Uh, about the M20 bridge <laughs> sure. and in. Sure. So. Right, and I think um, one thing I think I would say is that I don't think we'll want to rush it. I think making sure that we go through and we provide opportunities for public input and as well as um, joint discussions between this body and the DDA, I think we'll want to ensure that that all takes place um, and okay. go through that process um, uh, well before we make any final decisions. One other quick question. Does the uh, City Council have the ability to shut it down? Ultimately, they do. Um, okay. If they felt that their um, that the testing wasn't um, what they liked, or that they were seeing results that they didn't like, or um, for a number of other reasons, um, council was the one that gave the approval to go forward with it, and so they do have the authority to okay. um, to say that they'd like to stop the trial. Mm -hmm. Has there ever been any consideration about making the truck route not go through here, with all the rest of the traffic, but go across the upper bridge? down Poseyville and then cut over mm -hmm. to the highway? So ultimately the truck route would be something that MDOT would make a, a change on and um, I don't know if that question has been formally asked to MDOT if that's something that they've explored so I wouldn't be able to comment more on, on um, How would we that make that suggestion to them? I think um, this comment that I'm hearing from you is something mm -hmm. that we also heard at the, the joint meeting as well and that's something that staff's noted as something that should be discussed and if it's not um, um, if it hasn't been asked, that's something that I think we need to explore as a city um, and think about as a potential option. And if it's, un if it's not feasible, then of course we need to get those answers. Mm -hmm. let, me, let me tell you the history of why I'm asking this. Mm -hmm. At one time, what Smell called Saginaw Road was US 10. Mm -hmm. And all the big trucks went there. Even though they had deliveries down here, mm -hmm. they didn't come in and come all the way down to Main Street Grants up and down through there, okay, because we all had angle parking in those days, it would have been terrible. So I'm, if they could do it then, I think they could make a change now, because they made the change from that to the new highway, and then now we wind up with this problem here. Mm -hmm. 
there still are a lot of residential. We're, build, we're seeing apartment buildings go up. How many people, how many cars does that make? And it just, you know, somehow in my mind, I just don't see how these two things are going to work. I've been enough in the bigger cities to see what happens when they do that. And I'm not sure that that's how we want Midland to look like for safety purposes, for one thing, as well as how it looks. Because to me, if I come down here, I feel like I'm on the expressway with trucks. And so I'm very careful where I drive down here, or when I drive down here. And I don't come down much like I used to. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I don't think I'm the only one. Sure. You know, I'm just, just discussing it. And again, we've got a college coming in, so we're going to have more younger people, you know, with cars and stuff on this whole route. So you're talking about an, and other kinds of things that are increasing the volume of traffic during this, quote, three-year period. Mm -hmm. If, if, that, if they continue to through that long. So I think you have to realize the differences that can be happening right as you're making those plans. Mm -hmm. And I think we want to be sure we consider that because we don't want to have this all go to heck because we got too many accidents on it. It's a interesting point she makes and I know we're carrying this on a little further than you no, intended. That's all right. no, but, you know, having the truck route, is that something that could be under our consideration of changing that? That was one of the things I put in my handwritten right. I think, notes uh, as well. Yeah, so I think that's, that's one question that we have um, that's been given to us at staff that we need to find some inf more information on. So ultimately determining whether or not it's a truck route isn't something that this body has control over, of course, but I think it certainly would be appropriate to say is there an option for rerouting the trucks? And if not, um, what right. does that create um, when it comes to design considerations into the future? So, okay. um, and so I think a couple of things I envision, certainly that's engagement with MDOT from the staff level that will reach out to mm -hmm. them and, and have some commentary there. Um, but I think there may be other situations across the state where there is a truck um, route that goes through a town and could be in a very similar type of situation. And so some research on our end to try and find um, similarities across the state might be helpful because um, there may be some downtowns that have effectively um, better managed the two, not had a, a freeway kind of like you indicated, but yet also ensured that whatever new design they created was something that was safe for trucks and still allowed them to move through efficiently. Okay. Yeah, good starting discussion. This will be interesting. Okay, we'll move on to the uh, next item, report of the chairperson. Um, I had uh, just, uh, we have two new members, uh, Jamie and Ted, and can we just hear a little bit about you guys? Welcome to the Thank you. group here. Yeah, and it's good to you. have both of you, two new members. So when do you want to just give us a little ahead, bit? Go ahead. Uh, my name is Ted Seibel. I work for Dow Chemical. I've been there 32 years. About half of those have been in Midland. The rest has been in Detroit and Indianapolis and Shanghai. So familiar with traffic from Shanghai, so <laughs> not a problem there. But uh, father of uh, two children who go to Jefferson Intermediate. So happy to be on board. Thanks. Welcome. And I'm Jamie Broderick. My husband and I co-own Bricks Real Estate Experts up on Ashman, not far from here. And we, I've been a Midland native most of my life, with the exception of a few years over in Germany and away for college at Ferris. And we have got three kids, three and under, and a very busy house and a very busy business. <laughs> that must be busy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much and welcome. Yeah. 
good to have both of you here. Uh, report of the uh, planning director. Uh, last night we did have two items that were on city council's agenda and Ms. Wilson was um, able to <laughs> present those and they did pass unanimously both of them. Um, and those were the conditional use uh, for Brubaker's plumbing and heating on Wackerly as well as the outdoor seating at Grove Tea Lounge. And my understanding according to social media is that Grove Tea Lounge has their tables out already. Oh, oh fantastic. So, they were very weather. eager. And then finally it's good weather. So, so towards the beginning of July, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great to hear. Okay, we have uh, two items right now. It looks like uh, for the next agenda, July 23rd, site plan uh, for Osmond Rentals, uh, townhouses, 72 of those on uh, Sturgeon Avenue, and in another site plan review, uh, for approval of a 27-unit condo development on Perrin Road. That's correct. So the, the second one, the 389, that's actually a fourth phase of um, Boulder Creek Estates off of um, Perrin. And so um, uh, single-family residential condos um, that are being proposed for that location. <clears throat> but in addition to that, we'll also bring back the public participation plan. We'll make those changes um, as indicated this evening. And so we'll have you take a final look at that. And we may actually have some other um, items from um, work that staff's been doing on the RRC program that we'll bring back um, at that time. So it might be a little bit more than two items on the agenda. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Grant was 388 something we've seen before. In other words, was that uh, it, you know the subdivision or site condominium? Or the only time I think you've had a peek at the concept would be when the rezoning pet, uh, petition came through a number yeah. of months ago. Right. Um, right. This was the conditional zoning that uh, was for that property. It's right. a very unique shape right off uh, the okay, east that, of the creek. It is that one. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so ultimately, that was approved by city council with those two conditions that limit the density of uh, residential units as well as the height of residential units. And so um, what you have now coming forward is the site plan. Um, okay. That was the one with a lot of unusable land. Due to uh, flood plain. Due to flood plain. Right. Um, yeah. Correct, correct. Mm -hmm. I, I, there's been some mention about that point in time of so, some other area that um, that is built homes and they have, uh, have it so how somehow legally that they can have a foot of water out in the street and then that's okay. You know what? I don't buy that, guys. I'm sorry. I've had three floods at my house. I don't want anybody else to have to go through that. And if you got that much water standing out in that street, that water will get in your basement. It will get in there one way or another. And it'll seep right through the cement blocks if it has to. Because that's that pressure of that water in that density, it will cause a problem. And I don't think we should be encouraging that. I mean, there certainly are a lot of places to build or they can do some piping and whatever they do to get rid of the water that stands that the rest of the country here uses. I don't know why we are allowing that. Sometimes they constrict the flow uh, that go into the uh, storm sewer system. And I don't know if that's something that might be helpful for Josh or someone in the water that, department. Yeah, so what's being described would actually change. We would need to change our stormwater management ordinance yeah. um, since there is the provision that allows for storage within the street. Um, but as part of that, there's also the requirements that the finished floor elevations need to be a certain uh, number of feet above where that high water mark would be. Mm -hmm. um, but, but those concerns, we, um, we can note those as well. Mm -hmm. They do just need to be careful about that because I don't, other people coming into town who are not used to that, um, that could be very devastating to the families, believe me. Okay. 
Uh, we're at the uh, last item, uh, agenda item 14. <laughs> I move we adjourn. We have a motion. Second. We have a second. All those in favor say aye. 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 Are those opposed? No one opposed. All right. Meeting is adjourned. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. This program is presented by the MCTV Network, a service of the City of Midland, Michigan. This presentation coincides with programming on Midland Government Television, covering government affairs in the City of Midland.